Welcome back. It's another episode of From Dude to Dad. I'm Chris Pagula. And I'm Brian Laurel. And in today's episode, we are going to the delivery, guys. This is the day where it's all lined up for everything you wanted. Your little one's on its way. We're going to get you there. We are going to talk about uh, the the big day um, in just a minute. But we've been telling you for a few episodes now that we would love to hear from you. We would love to get comments, feedback, suggestions for show topics. Even if you're just checking in and letting us know where you're listening from, you go to dudedadshow.com, and in the lower right-hand corner, there's a little blue microphone icon. You click on that. If you do it from your smartphone, you can just talk right into your phone and leave us a message. And we have such a message, Chris, and I'm going to play it uh, right now. Awesome. Hi, guys. This is Tim here from uh, Melbourne in Australia. Just wanted to say I've been uh, really enjoying uh, listening to, to you guys in the podcast um, I'm a first-time dad-to-be. Uh, we're currently at uh, week 31 with our uh, baby boy due to be born at the end of March. Um, looking forward to the uh, upcoming episode on what to do when her water breaks uh, because I feel like no matter how prepared I make myself, I'm still going to freak out uh, when that happens. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing you guys do an episode on that. Thanks. So Tim asking, you shall receive. That's what this episode is all about. Great timing by Tim, huh? Perfect timing. Couldn't have asked for anything better. Wow. Wow. So thanks for checking in all the way from uh, Sydney. We appreciate that. So, okay. The big day has come. Now, your day, your day of delivery may start in one of a few ways. You may... Your water may break, not yours, your significant other's water may break unexpectedly, and then it's a mad dash to the hospital. It could be, ooh, uh, honey, I'm starting to feel, I think I'm I think I'm having contractions. And you time them, and they're getting closer, and you talk to the doctor, and they're like, yeah, why don't you head on over to the hospital? Or what happened with uh, my first child is my wife actually went past her due date, which was annoying as hell. And so they had to induce labor and they scheduled it. And when they schedule the labor uh, for you to be induced, it's not like, hey, if you could come in next Wednesday around 8 a.m., that would be fantastic. No, it's we will call you. It will be between this date and this date. And usually it's a span of like three or four days. And you need to be on call. You need to be on deck. We can call you anytime, day or night. And when we call you, you have an hour to get down to the hospital because it means we have a bed ready and we have people on staff that are ready to uh, help you. So you can't lollygag and get there two or three hours later. You need to get your ass over there like immediately. So with our first child, that's uh, what, what happened. So, and we made the mistake of we got up early that day. We went to the mall. We like walk laps around the mall. We we're trying to work that kid out didn't work we went out to dinner we stayed up late binge watching something got to bed about oh i don't know it was about a quarter of midnight and about 40 minutes later the phone rang and it was a hospital saying okay come on down and we were not thinking so when we were going to the hospital we were going i mean we didn't fall asleep the second our heads hit the pillow so we were going on like 20 minutes of sleep Wow. And then my wife was in labor for 24 hours. Oh, my God. So I didn't sleep either. So I, I think I went like 48 hours basically without without sleep. Actually, no, it was a little more than 48 hours. And I was like hallucinating. I thought I saw a cat in the hospital walking around. And it was so – anyway, I'm saying that only because uh, – 
get as much sleep as you can when you think that it's imminent. That that that's you know what you experienced is what every dad experiences for the next five, six, seven, or maybe ten years, <laughs> not getting <laughs> any sleep. You know, so Very you were true. you were you were inaugurated early on, right before the baby came. It's crazy. I, how I how myself, was it with your three kids? I was just going to say I had a totally different experience. Um, well, all of my kids were early. And that was a stress in itself. But the first one was three weeks early. And interestingly, my wife specifically, um, we went to dinner the night before he was born to this place called Cafe 50s. I remember she had a burger, milkshake, like she never eats that stuff, but was craving it. So perhaps that's, you know, part of the the process that made uh, our son come. But um, she started having the contractions and we had a bunch of her friends over for dinner one night. And before you knew it, those contractions were getting intense and we headed to the hospital and we waited a while. Like it may have been 12 hours that we were at the hospital, you know, waiting for her to, um, to, to be ready to deliver. And in fact, they had to in, give her Pitocin to induce the labor as well. Um, which guys listening out there, Pitocin is something that's, you know, you, you're probably going to hear when you get to the hospital, if you're having, um, delayed reactions. And, um, you know, before we knew it, after she was hooked up for a while, Kai came and it was like screaming, like bloody murder. Why'd you take me out of those warm digs? Put me back. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but it was, it was amazing. It was one of the most memorable moments of my life. So we've talked in previous episodes about planning ahead and hopefully by the time the day has arrived, you have, you've listened to our advice, you've pre-registered at the hospital, you've checked out the various routes to get to the hospital, uh, a route A and a route B in case there's bad traffic, construction, whatever. You figured out the parking situation. You know where the main parking is, where overflow parking is, depending on how crowded the hospital is. You know where the check-in is, where you're going to pull up and drop her off. None of this should be a surprise to you. So when you are in the car, Chris, what, what, are, what are the two main things you need to make sure that you probably have in your car already? Your bag packed for the night. Don't forget that because that's going to suck. Yes, your go bag and the baby's uh, car seat. You need that yes. to bring the baby home because you're going to have to leave your little one there if you don't have that car seat with you. And that doesn't mean uh, make a quick run to Bye Bye Baby and throw it in the back in the box and decide to install it later because some seats are very easy to install. Um, actually, very few are easy to install. Most of them are a little bit of a challenge, and if you've never done it before, it can be really frustrating. So what you don't want is you are getting ready to leave, and your wife is out on the curb in the wheelchair holding your baby, and you're saying, hold on just a second, honey. I'm trying to figure this out, and 30 minutes later, you're still dicking around with the car seat. So make sure you have that installed um, in advance, and it's just kind of nice to just – Know that you know weeks before that's in there and it's ready to go. Yeah. In fact, it's good to have it there weeks before because you can get used to that space being occupied because you don't want to be throwing stuff in the back seat, forgetting that you have a baby back there eventually. So that's a smart tip, Brian. You know, I, I was just going to uh, comment about our second child that interestingly, my wife and I, the night before our second child was born, she um, wanted to watch the delivery of our first child and this was a month before she was supposed to be born. And then all of a sudden, after, you know, we watched the video, my, we fell asleep. And at like three in the morning, my wife woke up thinking she had to go to the bathroom. 
and her water broke. And that was like panic city because I didn't have my bag packed. We just threw stuff in and oh, ran. Man. Yeah. So that's pretty, you know, that bag packed is important. Um, one other thing I just thought about when my wife was being induced, you want to, once your significant other gets to the hospital, there is no food going in her other than ice chips. Mm. So make sure she eats. If you are being induced and you have an exact day and time that you're going and that you know you're going in, it's planned, get something to eat, make sure she eats. If she's starting to kind of feel a little, uh, labor, like, you know, get a little bit of food in her because it could be a very long time. In the case of my wife, it was 24 hours with no food, nothing but ice chips. So she was not a happy camper in many, <laughs> many ways. <laughs> that's, that's, that's uh, crazy. And also, you know what, bring a bunch of cliff bars or, or power bars for yourself, dad, because you're, you don't want to like leave to go get food. And all of a sudden you come back and she's about to deliver, you know, I mean, that's pretty extreme, but you never know what happens. So you, you need all your energy too. So pack that for yourself. Make sure you go back and listen to our episode on go bags and everything you need to have in there because you, there are things that you probably wouldn't initially think of. And we had talked about just, you know, practical things for her, practical things for you, uh, things to put in the room just to kind of give it a little bit of, uh, you know, make it a little bit more comfortable for the two of you. And then, of course, uh, uh, several things for your child for the, the ride home. So go back and listen to that episode. But listening to this episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, um, the one thing that I tell guys is get extra large, extra long phone cords, phone charging cables. Go on to Amazon, find a 10-foot one, a 12-foot one, because the the first time around, it wasn't a big deal. With my second child, there were these weird outlets that were – one was like uh, uh, on, the, on the wall behind the bed, but it was up kind of high. And then where my little couch area was where I was hanging out – it, there was there was an outlet that was like in the middle of the wall, but it was a good six feet away from where I was, and that's if I was kind of leaning off the couch. So get an obnoxiously long charging cable or two and have those uh, in your bag as well. Okay, so at this point, you are probably going to feel like you're in the way. You're going to be at the hospital. It's going to be it's it's all especially if it's all new for you. This is the first time you're going to you know where should I be standing? Where should you're always going to feel like you're in the way and and the nurses and the and the staff and everybody is going to be understanding of that and they're going to probably at some point if you keep getting in the way they're going to give you a little area where you can stand in the room where you're not going to be um, impeding progress. But your main job is to comfort and to communicate. And that means communicate with her, but also maybe communicate on her behalf to the hospital staff and then to be a courier. And you, there's really not a lot for you to get for her um, when, you know, if you're going and getting ice chips. But if the, there's no nurses in the room and and she needs something, you might need to, you know, hustle down to the nurse's station to go grab somebody. Uh, if she needs something random from the uh, that you forgot from the go bag, you may need to go down to the, the little gift shop, get some hand lotion or chapstick to keep her lips moisturized or whatever that you never know, but that is your main job. You know, Brian, my main job besides all of that was to make sure my wife was able to get an epidural. That's what she said. She's like, do not let me deliver without an epidural. And for the first mm -hmm. child, she was lucky, but the second and third, no go. She didn't Oof. even get to like a chance to even ask for an epidural because they came so quickly. So, wow. um, you know, there's some things that are important. So talk that about, talk about that ahead of time to make sure that you're, you're doing, um, everything that she needs from, from you. So speaking of, that's a good segue 
into having conversation beforehand. Again, in another episode, if you haven't listened to it, go back. But the planning ahead for the day of, hopefully you've had these conversations because you there you are not going to be in the right mindset and she is definitely not going to be in the right mindset to be making these kind of decisions. So in advance, you want to talk about, okay, who are we going to allow at the hospital? Do we want it to be a big family affair? Your family is really close. Both sides of the family are going to be in the waiting room. Uh, maybe while she's waiting with my first child, we allowed family to kind of come and go in the room a couple at a time. And it was a little chaotic, but my wife was really nervous, so I think it was helpful to have family around. Um, you know, or the second child came around for us, and we decided, you know what, we want just to be the two of us. We don't want to have to worry about me going back and forth to the lobby and updating people on the, you know, how how uh, my wife was doing and if the how close we were to the the baby actually arriving. You want to decide who can be there and who can't. And if there's any, hopefully there isn't, but if there's any arguments to be had, any debates to be had, um, that's a good time to, uh, that's a good time to have that uh, figured out like weeks in advance. Also, you want to make sure you have your list ready of who you're going to call, not Ghostbusters, but who you're going to call once that baby comes, because I'm sure you're going to want to make sure everybody knows. And um, the most important people you guys should work out ahead of time so you can put them on speed dial, let them know, and then get right back to that baby. Because once that baby comes out, once you cut that cord, which is another memorable experience that I don't think you'll ever forget... Um, you're, you're going to be one of snapping pictures, taking photos and videos of everything going on. But I caution you to just really take in the moment and, uh, really watch what's happening so that you could be there and fully present because there's nothing like that first few moments after the baby's born. Um, it's, it's really, uh, spectacular. So to Chris's point, I would suggest, um, exactly that. Deciding who who is on your list, not necessarily people that are going to be out the hospital, but when you finally say he's here, she's here, and you want to send a quick picture, build a group text uh, beforehand and decide. Because if you're just on the fly thinking, okay, crap, who who would I need? Okay, this person, that person, that per- okay, I think that pretty much does it. And your mind is going to be going twelve different directions, and you end up leaving out a bunch of people that are going to be you know hurt, bent out of shape that you didn't include them on the uh, initial uh, announcement. Um, that may that might uh, bite you in the butt. So just sit down and put together a, a, a group text, and uh, and maybe even just send out a little preemptive. Just saying, you know, just letting you know you're all in a group text. Uh, we're heading to the hospital, and uh, you know when we have information, we'll we'll let you know. And um, that's just a, a way to be kind of uh, kind of efficient with this, Chris. With um, what about for? T- I'll go into what I did as far as video and photo. But what did you do as far as videoing or we or had f- photography? Yeah, yeah, we had a cameraman. It was my wife's best friend, so she was able to do the camera work while I was able to focus on my wife and the baby when it came. And she was with us for all three kids. And fortunately, because the second child, um, you know, depending on how many people you're allowed in the room, for us, we it was good that there weren't that many because my daughter had to be vacuumed out, and it was crazy because all these like all of a sudden. Oh, all these people came in in yellow suits. It was like Monsters, Inc. It was bizarre. And I was like, what's happening? But a lot of interns, I think, were part of that process. So, um, you know, it was I, I was thankful to not have a camera to hold on to that I had to deal with while, you know, my wife was also freaking out saying what's going on in here. So you're there to be like right by her side and make sure that she's so, calm. So wait a minute. So when you say a camera person, like 
was it was was the camera like right up in there like when the baby was coming out and oh yeah whole, yeah yeah like... we're not shy i mean wow. you know yeah wow. it made it awkward if you know anyone else in the 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 family was going to watch it like later on i don't think we <laughs> it's it's it's, it's you on watch a high... that over thanksgiving dinner <laughs> nowadays no, no it's on a high so... eight film so we don't even have the camera i don't think anymore to watch it back <laughs> <laughs> so that's a conversation to have is with your significant other okay what are you comfortable with what i you i would suggest like chris said this is this, especially if it's your first time, this is never, there's never going to be another first time. So you want to chronicle it a little bit, get a few pictures and a little bit of photo. And if that's all you want, then that's fine. And you can focus, but I would suggest doing something because that moment is going to be, it's going to kind of be a fleeting moment. And then you're going to wish that you had something. So, but talk to your wife and say, what do you, what do you want? What are you comfortable with? What do you, do you want a camera up in there? Like my wife was like, no, I, I would prefer you not uh, show that. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we, I took some video as my daughter was being placed in my wife's arms. And then when they took the baby and put her on the table under the little warming lamp and were cleaning her up and, um, and everything, I got video of, of her and then I also got audio of of that. And so what I did with my first daughter is my family that was out in the waiting room, um, I sent a group text out with just the audio file. And it was oh, my that's daughter awesome. crying for the first time. And I wish I would have got my, – my sister was one of those people. I wish I would have sent her a text in advance and said, okay, I'm getting ready to send this audio file. Don't let on to anybody, but I want you to video. Because I, I wasn't there when they first heard it, so I would have loved to have seen the tears and everything. Um, but that was one of the benefits of having family there is after about 30 minutes I went out and, and uh, talked to family and it was lots of hugs and kisses and crying and laughing and pats on the back and, and that sort of stuff. So that's good. But but have that conversation about photos and video and find out what she wants, what she's comfortable with, and um, and what she's not, and then just you know have that in in your head as well. That's amazing that you you were able to do all that probably with your smartphone because we didn't have smartphones back then when my kids were born. And you know I know a lot of people even start like email accounts for their kids early on. So can you imagine if you sent an email of your baby crying as like the first email that they get from you and you can give your kid the email address account when they're 18 if you want to save all of the special milestone moments and hand it over to them when they become young adults that it would be you know phenomenal i wish i had that luxury the the idea of having family there i think for a lot of women especially if it's the first time they're giving birth it's pretty natural for them to be scared, uh, nervous. And it's also that they may want to have like a family member there, like their mother or their yes. sister or a best friend. And so have that conversation beforehand too, because that um, should not be a threat to you as the father. Um, it could be that they want somebody there that's already had kids to kind of help them. So you you can't take that personally. What we're there to we're there to help and to support. And if that's what she wants, have that conversation um beforehand as well. Hopefully that's not a huge debate. Um, and she's not inviting her mother-in-law and the mother-in-law and you hate each other's guts. Um, if you do, you know, maybe the two of you work that out, uh, before delivery day, but, um, that's, uh, that's kind of a, a normal thing that m my wife did not, um, ask for that. She wanted her mom there like right up until it was time for her to start pushing. But, um, we, um, we, it was just the, the two of us, but that's just, I'm giving you another heads up and another something to potentially bring up to, uh, your wife to ask what she desires 
um, in regards to support for the day of. Hey, Brian, did you have a photo taken of your baby from the hospital? Like, I don't know if they still do that, but that was something they did when my kids were born because we didn't have cell phones. So you'd have to like pay for the photo. And we did that. But oh, like, no. Luckily, you don't even need to worry about that anymore because it's done um, with your, your cell phone. That was not offered. I don't think they, uh, I don't think they do. I mean, maybe they do somewhere, but at the hospital we were at, they didn't do that. It's like, if you want to picture your own damn kid, then, then uh, take one. But no, there was nothing like official, like, right. you know, they brought the baby to a nursery area and here's this nice photo. But, oh, no. that's, this is another thing, Brian, a, a, a good point to bring up. Like the first night, do you want to keep the baby in your room or do you want to put it in the nursery? Because we kept our kids in the room with us each night, um, every time, you know, each was born. And I have to say, I loved it, but it just kept me up the whole night freaking out thinking, oh my God, is the baby okay? Is it going to breathe? Is, is, is he breathing all right? And if it was in the nursery, I could have gotten a good night's sleep. So it's a little, you know, I don't want to sound crass or, or rude, like I don't want my kid in the room, but well, we were, we watched too many Lifetime movies. We thought the baby was going to be stolen, you know, so, or switched with another and, one. But, and our next episode is going to be just that we're going to talk about from the time that your, you know, your baby actually arrives into the time you leave the hospital in the See, first night or ahead. two. Uh, no, that's all right. That's all right. We are, we're we want to talk about, um, you know, because that, that first, you know, night or two home is a little stress inducing itself. So that's going to be our next episode as far as the hospital and kind of rounding out, like right up until like the, your, your child is born. Um, again, in the go bag episode, we talk about it, but comfortable shoes, guys, make sure mm. you have comfortable shoes. And I would suggest if, um, you are, you know, at work and you know your wife is due any day now and you're wearing, you know, dress shoes at the office, uh, throw in the pair of Nikes or Adidas, your favorite pair. I bought a new pair and felt like I was walking on a cloud, but keep those in the car because you don't want to be on your, you will be on your feet most of the yeah. time. You're not going to be sitting down a whole lot. And if you're in uncomfortable shoes, you are not going to be a happy camper. So although I will say probably adrenaline. Well. Yeah, the adrenaline will probably overwhelm the uh, the the, uh, the the pain in your in your feet. But in the next episode, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about like the baby arrives and kind of that the remaining time in the hospital and then uh, going home and what to expect there. But um, at this point, you're I think we you've been a dad. We, yeah, you've been a dad for nine months technically, but now you're officially a dad. It's exciting. Like Tim was saying. He's freaking, he might be freaking out a little bit, but that's okay. And Tim, that's freak. why we're here. Good freaking that's out. That's why we're here. It yeah. is a good freaking out. Yeah. It is a good yeah. freaking out. Awesome. Well, congrats, guys. This is it. So please check back with us for our next episode, and we will catch you on From Dude to Dad. Mm-hmm.